0: Good afternoon and welcome to the 21st episode of ProShip Parcel Cast, a carrier's guide to expecting the parcel delivery unexpected with T Force. With us today, we have Justin Kramer and Dean Mills from T Force. Good afternoon, Justin and Dean.
1: Good afternoon, Jerry. Dean Mills here, Vice President Sales and Marketing with T Force Logistics. Thanks so much for having us.
2: Good afternoon, everyone. Justin Kramer with ProShip, uh, co founder.
0: Okay. So as we talk today about expecting the parcel delivery unexpected, Dean, can you give us a little bit of information on who is T-Force and maybe define the type of carrier that T-Force is?
1: Yeah, absolutely. T-Force Logistics is part of TFI International. Uh, TFI International is our parent company, and it's one of the largest transportation companies in North America. About 10 billion dollars annualized uh, publicly traded Toronto New York Stock Exchanges uh, and really focused on the LTL, the truckload, the parcel and then where my business plays in in services is in the final mile space. So specifically with respect to T-Force Logistics, uh, we're North American in scope. We have about 80 brick-and-mortar branch locations across North America. Uh, we are where the population is, and we service that final mile niche, both in the B2C e-commerce parcel direct to consumer. Uh, we also are, are quite busy in the B2B business as well as financial, uh, medical, big and bulky. So the final mile space is very diverse, and uh, we cover you know several aspects of it. I know we're going to get into a lot of the parcel e-commerce direct to consumer. Uh, discussions today so that's a little bit about who we are and where we fit in the space.
0: Let's jump right into it regarding riding this pandemic wave. What did the pandemic look like from the carrier side?
1: Y- yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's it's interesting to look back on it. It seems like yesterday and then it seems very far away at the same time. Um, I mean initially it was you know let's make sure all hands are on deck. We know what we're dealing with, what can we service, what can we not service. How can we create some capacity from some aspects of our business that weren't being utilized, so that you know other necessary areas could get service? So a lot of you know information grabbing, understanding kind of what the current state is. How do we redeploy solutions, etc., to to kind of help things out? And then obviously we saw this massive acceleration of parcel volume, right? Because you know people were at home, stores weren't closed, traditional markets. So we saw that that acceleration or skyrocketing of of direct to consumer demand so you know from our side it really escalated our growth in that area uh a out of necessity and you know what it's like when you you have to do something you just find a way to make it work right so i mean it was a and i guess we're still on on the tail ends of things but it's been uh very much a roller coaster ride dealing with the 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 spikes in volumes dealing with the capacity restraints being able to to find the drivers, to make the deliveries, you know, and then fast tracking with customers to get integrations. It was a very hectic time, but, you know, one that, uh, you know, thankfully we were able to, to come through, help a lot of businesses. And uh, it probably took our business further, faster um, in terms of escalating our trajectory of, of how we provide services in that direct-to-consumer space, you know it's kind of leveling out now and i know we'll get into some of the current state challenges but definitely a roller coaster ride the last two plus years
0: right justin do you think the economy or inflation uh fit into that somehow
2: oh of course i mean let, let's face it the multi-carrier market in the united states was made back in the 90s uh with the ups strike it really meant that that people couldn't be single carrier anymore and as we start to see the growth in e-commerce during the late uh, early 2000s Uh, It really started to reinforce that, not just for your largest shippers, but for uh, even your mid sized shippers, where it started to make more sense to have multiple carriers. But we also started to see more, rather than just the general deliver to uh, all 39,000 zip codes, you started to see more specific uh, carriers start to come into play, which allowed shippers to model their flow their capacity and distribute that more intelligently across multiple carriers and yes the the pandemic basically uh turned that up to 11 if you will
0: peak seasons differ now they're different now and um this upcoming peak season is going to be different are you projecting capacity to exceed demand um as far as t force is concerned
1: yeah, again, we're faced with a new set of challenges, I think, this year, um, you know, to Justin's point, kind of the acceptance of carrier diversification also accelerated the last couple of years when there was those capacity crunches that, that were there, right? A lot of volume, not enough capacity, you know, shippers were, were certainly open or more open to, to talk to more carriers diversify the risk, you know, find capacity wherever wherever they could to, to fulfill demand. I mean, this year is going to be a little bit different, I think, quite honestly. I mean, we've got a lot of economic uncertainty going on right now. Consumer confidence, inflation, you know, we've had inventory issues the last you know year and a half or so spurred on from the pandemic. So I know uh, shippers and retailers and, and e-tailers have been, in some cases, stockpiling some inventory so they're ready for peak season. Uh, we've heard, you know, reports about uh, a quicker start uh, of, of peak season because people want to spread their spending. So capacity has not been as big of a deal this year, quite candidly for us and, and I'm sure for others in the space. Um, there are certain areas and in, in certain pockets of the country or, or, or the continent for that matter that there are still some limitations, but I think we're going to be okay. I think it's going to be, you know, region specific, a lot of planning. The volume has, you know, leveled out a little bit with with some of the, the normal shopping practices back in place. People are going back to retail a little bit more. So our customers, others that, others that I've talked to in the space have, have seen their in-store volumes go back up a little bit and the online, you know, sales drop a little bit. So it's normalized, which again is going to help with the capacity piece. So yeah, shippers have diversified, seems to be a little bit more capacity. Volumes have maybe normalized a little bit more. So at this stage, right, the uh, the first part of September, I don't see capacity being quite as big of an issue this year.
2: The market does have some mixed signals out there. If we look at uh, how full warehouses are, the amount of consolidation we've seen in warehouses, and the fact that a lot of major retailers were unable to get a particular season worth of goods out, and rather than wholesaling them, they've chosen to hold and release them again. Now, this does mean that that they're kind of in a race as to whether or not they can reduce the amount of stuff they have in their warehouses enough to hold all the capacity that they need for peak season. Because we basically we've seen a lot of uh, retailers go away from just in time and more to I have it on hand. That could lead to some fluctuations, but I'm with Dean on this. In general, you're not going to see the wholesale capacity concern that we saw during the prior two years of the pandemic. What I do expect we're going to see though is lane specific temporary capacity concerns. You're gonna have, let's say you've got a a, a Dallas uh, facility and you may have one of the nationals call you up and say, hey, from Dallas, we need you to stop using us to Nevada or to the West Coast or something of that nature. And of course, if you've if you've diversified your carriers, that shouldn't be a problem. You should just be able to shift to the other carriers that are providing that particular lane for you. So yes, there's going to be some uh, roughness in the road, but this is stuff that uh, a lot of large retailers experienced pre-pandemic. So we're hopefully going to come down to a point where it's just that day-to-day operational concern, not the systemic concern that we had throughout 2000 and 2021.
0: So Dean, we've talked about this before uh, regarding carrier diversification. And you mentioned something to us, something that you refer to as carrier rationalization. Can you expand on that?
1: Yeah, I think it's it's kind of an evolution you know of what we've seen the last couple of years. You know I talked about that 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 need or dependency to diversify reliance on you know a, a traditional carrier strategy. Um, you know that's expanded, that's accepted. a lot of a lot of shippers over the past two, three years have added carriers. Uh, to their to their mix to their solution set, whether it's in regions or or lanes or for different service levels or what have you, you know, with some of the leveling in capacity right now and a lot of the shippers, you know, covering all bases to make sure that they did have the the capacity, the carriers, the lanes, the services, it's it's almost that little bit of rationalization, right, where they're looking at, okay, what do we have in our solution set? You know, do we have the right carriers in the right regions, offering the right you know, transit time, service levels, with the right visibility, with the right customer service interaction? So it's kind of like, okay, we covered what we needed to do to, to match that volume, now it's like take inventory of, of what we need, what our customers are asking for, what they need, and then kind of rationalizing the solution set. So it's been an interesting year because, again, there's been a great acceptance to add more carriers to the mix. Now it's a matter of making sure they have the right carriers in the right regions, as I said, with the right services. So we'll see where that shakes out, but I think all shippers that that we deal with today are definitely rationalizing who and how they use those those offerings from their carrier partners.
0: This carrier rationalization strategy, how can it help future-proof our customers parcel shipping program anybody's parcel shipping
1: program yeah yeah i think it it's just a matter of of being able to to look at what you've got and then match it up against what your customers are asking for and what they need right so so again the doors have been opened a lot the last few years with a lot of choice in the space and and i'll say that acceptance to offer new Types of carriers or carrier models and, and service offerings. So, so I think it's absolutely added to the value, you know, that the end consumer gets, and it helps with the carrier strategies of the shippers. There's a lot of different options. I mean, you know, different tech platforms, different aggregators, consolidators. You know, combining first, middle, final mile solutions, or just doing a final mile. You know, to kind of complement what they would get from a, a larger national provider. So I think it's absolutely helped, and, and again, I think it's it's going to continue to unfold and evolve just based on a what the economy is going to going to drive and, and how the consumers react and how that translates into volume, along with the expectations of of what customers want. So they want to, they want it quick. They want to have complete visibility, right? And they want to be able to uh, to be able to choose that that level of service sometimes as well. So. know choice is always a good thing and and the shippers having that and then rationalizing that against what their customers are telling us is only making i think everyone better
2: yeah and to add to that as, as we expect to see this capacity constraint continue to lower really i think that that shippers need to take some of their downtime and actually evaluate what are your real needs do you have same day needs is it a big and bulky need is it Uh, primarily to the cities. It is a rural solution. What is it that you need? And then look at the carriers that you have. No one carrier can do everything anymore. Look at the carriers you have, remove the carriers that are redundant, and add the carriers that are actually going to provide you with the functionality your customers need that year. And that's probably going to change the year after that and the year after that. So it's no longer a set it and forget it every three to five years I negotiate a new contract. Now it's really look at what you need every year and deploy the partners, carriers, deploy the partners that you need to keep your customers happy at a cost that works for for your products.
1: Just, just one thing to, t- to tag onto that, I, I think it's, it's a great point, right? And, and it's, it's fast-tracked our strategy at T-Force Logistics as well, too, because things have changed so quickly. So, you know, we may have, maybe have dealt with a, a customer, a shipper, you know, in our Northeastern US region and, and they need something different now because they've opened up a new FC in the Southwest region or in the Southeast or in Texas to get their demand closer to the customer. So to your point, it's not a, you know, put it in place, let it run for three or four years, like shippers are constantly evolving. And then what's that, what that has has forced us to do faster is evolve our strategy saying, okay, the demand to have, you know, more footprint coverage in the state of Texas is there. Let's evolve that quicker, or let's connect one region to another region within our network. So again, demand is, is, is happening in real time and I think the, the shippers are acting quicker and that's kind of, you know, pushing, you know, carriers like us to act quicker. And again, back to that rationalization piece, then what do they need? And then getting it set up accordingly. So it, it's really fascinating to see how quickly things are changing uh, on all aspects of the business from shippers to the consumer wow. demand and how the carriers are reacting.
0: What homework can shippers do to prepare for peak 2023 and beyond? Gentlemen.
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll start with that. I mean, I think just getting the best handle as possible on on what their forecast is going to be. But that's been a real challenge this year, admittedly. I mean, you know, again, we go into what we call our peak planning, typically mid to end July. Um, we're, we're still waiting on some customers to get their forecast together because they're trying to understand it. I think I think the shippers are looking at, okay, look at all their carrier partners that they're currently set up with, have integrations with or are trading with today. Um, you know, looking at their capacities and then making sure they've got you know volume set up to 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 be transported with those carrier partners. So you know one of those questions that that we're asking, you know, is there going to be enough volume to go around? and that's perhaps another part of rationalization. If, if shippers have set up with, you know, seven to 10 carriers, as an example, you know, how are they going to split their volume across the different carriers so that everyone can, you know, make sure they deliver a great experience and, and one that's that's got the expectations of all involved. So I, I think the shippers are doing as, as well a job as they can, just understanding what their customers are demanding. Coming up with their forecasts and then working, I think with a lot of transparency. At least we've had that experience this year with our customers, being very transparent. If they know, they know. If they're if they're not that confident in their forecasts, they're letting us know as well too. So a lot more consistent, uh, reoccurring cadence of our of our communication, and I think that's what is going to have to be uh, a key element this peak. Is like okay, let's see it almost you know week by week by weekly. What are we seeing? Where is it going? How can we read and react accordingly? So a lot of communication and try to take the data that they have and make some, some sense out of it. We gonna all plan for success.
0: Shippers have have already uh, pretty much added and done their carrier diversification. Now they're rationalizing uh, their their carriers. Uh, is it is it too late to add carriers now, Justin?
2: If unless you've already got that contract in place it probably is so let's face it we're in the middle of september as we're as we're recording this um unless you've got that well underway you're probably not going to get that carrier live unless you're a relatively small shipper you're not going to get that carrier live before uh i'm with dean i i do think that we're going to see a pull forward we're going to see uh uh, some of the volume pull into october so october is kind of going to be the the slow start of peak but what you can do is is you can plan for the future. And to plan for the future, you need to record appropriately. And what I mean by this is is now is the time to start either identifying an individual or start informing your managers that they should be recording wins and losses. They they should be recording good and bads on a on a weekly basis. Okay, not monthly. That's that's only having three recording points between now and January is not a great thing. But if you can get a a weekly these are the things that worked well um these are the things that didn't by the time you get into january and maybe you're exhausted from all of that work you've had a lot of of, uh, lane switches that have had to occur because of 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 odd uh, peaks happening within uh, particular carriers we don't want to just remember the worst of it and try to fix that instead more importantly we want to ensure that we we remember what worked because if it worked, we need to retain that. The last thing we wanna do, and unfortunately I've seen this with several customers, is they've thrown the proverbial baby out with the bathwater by not retaining the good stuff and by just trying to replace everything in order to kill the bad stuff. So if you start that recording now, if you start looking at the good and the bad, by the time you get to January, or February, when it's time to roll sleeves up and plan uh, for the for the following peak season, you're going to have that balance that you need, so that you can work with your vendors, whether that be multi carrier shipping software like Proship, whether that be your shippers like T Force, you're going to be able to communicate with them better in a way that's going to ensure that year over year, especially as I as I mentioned that that we're probably going to see more fluctuation in the in the carrier market, or at least how you use carriers year over year based upon your needs. going to have a better understanding of that which means you're
0: going to have a better year over year because of it so that's what i would say pay attention record the data now dean when a shipper is rationalizing the use of t force what do you think they should be considering
1: yeah it's it's interesting right so i think you know around the question of is it is it too late to start with that i mean what we have seen the trend this year is that a lot of I'll say additions of a carrier or you know an augment of, uh, of a new service have been pushed back a little bit. So candidly, we are we are still onboarding a couple customers that are are going to be new. So it's a little bit late for our for our comfort level, but we're you know we're going to make it make it work this year. You know, and again, I think it's just the uncertainty that was in the market all year. You know, to be frank, right and and, and shippers were were delaying decisions and rationalizing what they were going to do just based on you know whatever whatever data points they could get to make those decisions so uh, again the the 2x volume two and a half x volume that we typically see from uh, from shippers in peak i mean i don't know if we'll we'll see that this year you know it remains to be seen we've seen more level volumes throughout throughout the year i mean people consistently shop but, but I think Justin makes a good point of, of just, you know, understanding, recording your wins and losses, what works, you know, the good, the bad, the ugly sort of thing. And, and if they understand, you know, and plan to go into it uh, for success and then you know, make adjustments, optimize along the way, I think that's important. Again, I'll go back to just the transparent communication. I mean, you know, as partners, everyone has to work and talk together. So if things are changing from a shipper's perspective, speak, be, uh, be upfront with your carriers, right? If the volume's not there that you were expecting, you know, let, let the carriers know ahead of time so they can adjust and, and, uh, and adjust our, you know, planning and execution as well, too. So real-time communication, transparent communication, being aligned on, on what the expectations are for service, uh, the operational SOWs, I mean, the, the block and tackling stuff of making it work. You know, you can't get too far wrong by, by sticking to the basics on that. But I think all those things combined, just keep it real and keep it open. And I think things will come off fairly well this year.
0: Is T4 still onboarding customers?
1: Yeah, it's, it's funny. Like I said, we're, our onboarding schedule usually stops right about now. Uh, Canada, we have a couple of, 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 of customers that are coming on in the early part of October, which is a little bit late for us. To Justin's point, you know, if the if the rates aren't aren't set, the contracts you know signed, and the integration work already underway to get that up and running, it's going to be pretty tight. You know, having said that, you know, we're still getting, believe it or not, the odd inquiry. Uh, we do have we do have the ability, if it's a, a small shipper again, to Justin's point, to, to look at bringing them on in certain markets. But we're pretty well set. I mean, our our onboarding schedule is is filled up now. Unless there's uh, you know, a couple little tuck-ins that could slide in an existing market, we're, uh, we're pretty well set for the season.
0: Good. Any final thoughts you want to leave listeners with and what's the bottom line?
1: I'll maybe take a shot at it first. I mean, from my perspective, the final thoughts are, you know, we've got we've to learn every day. Um, you know, we've got to be aware of what's going on every day. We have to be mindful of what the consumers are looking for, uh, what their expectations are. I think the reaction time uh, of shippers and carriers has been fantastic. There's been, you know, a a tremendous amount of movement the past couple of years. Um, You know, one of the biggest things I've seen is that getting inventories closer to the consumer has allowed for this diversification strategy and now this rationalization, you know, 2.0, if you will, to kind of follow But getting inventory close to the consumer, I think, is 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 a good thing because it gives you options, right? It gives you more flexibility. It gives gives everyone more options that way. So, uh, again, from a carrier's perspective, uh, certainly appreciate, and I'll I'll say it again, just that open, consistent, transparent communication. You know, try to create those win-win relationships. And without that communication, it's going to make it a challenge. So, you know, from our perspective, final thought is we're ready. We're we're, we're probably overprepared, which is a good thing, because we don't know exactly what it's going to look like, and uh, and we're excited to see our our customers succeed this uh, this peak season.
0: Great advice. Justin?
2: I'd really like uh, our listeners to take away two things. Number one, we are at the new norm. Uh, We no longer have to panic, uh, uh, rationalize our carriers, but we should continuously be rationalizing those carriers. It's not something, again, like I said earlier, there is no more set it and forget it and we'll deal with it in three to five years when contract come up. It really, what what we've seen with the successful shippers is they are now rationalizing on an annual basis at a minimum and some of them on a more continuous basis. Number two, if you are going to have an improved logistics strategy over time, now is the time to start recording for your peak season. The wins, the losses, the good, the bad. And that's really the two points
0: that I would like to make as part of this. Jerry? Awesome. Thank you. If you want to learn more, visit us at proshipinc.com or tforcelogistics.com. Thank you all for joining us today. If you have any questions, just a reminder that you can reach ProShip at sales at proshipinc.com or call 800-353-7774. We hope you join us in early December for our next ProShip Cast.